0: The following podcast contains beer, banter, and absolutely no legal advice from four family lawyers speaking in a personal capacity. Any views expressed are our own, and not those of our employers or chambers. Any legal commentaries for your amusement only. Always seek specialist legal advice.
1: Welcome to the Without Prejudice podcast.
2: Hi, and welcome to the Without Prejudice podcast. Somehow, we are already on episode four. Today's episode sees us invite along our first guest, as to be honest, we assume people would be fed up of hearing from us, and we've run out of all the interesting anecdotes we have, so we're just left with the embarrassing ones, which we should probably save for later episodes. Before we move on to our guest, it would be remiss of me not to mention my partners in crime, and the listeners will be more than aware of them all, but let's mention them by name just in case. As ever, we have Mark, the little barrister, Samuels, a barrister at the Thirty Six group. Hi, Mark. <laughs> Hello Sean. Also with us is Dan Pointless-Chalmers from Clinton's. Hi Dan. <laughs> Hello mate. And last and least, Darren, my dad's in the paper, Hark from and Kay. <laughs> Hi Darren.
0: <laughs> Good evening Sean.
2: And I'm Sean Hilton, a solicitor at Stevens and Bolton. And so to our guest, joining our family law fab four this week is a man who needs no introduction, a man who drinks first and asks questions later. And a man who, lucky for us, is not only one of the best in the business, but also a great friend. Welcome to the pod, Danny Chapman. Danny is the family practice manager at the 36 Group. He has over 20 years experience as a barristers clerk. According to Chambers and Partners, Danny is an exceptional clerk. And the Legal 500 says that he is incredibly efficient and pushing Chambers to the forefront of the family law market. All of the above is certainly true but we wanted to get behind the aging facade of one of the family law world's best known clerks and find out what really makes Danny tick. So today will be a Q&A style pod, and we've told Danny not to hold back. Hi, Danny.
3: Hi, Sean. Uh, Carl, me. I've got a tear in my eye after that introduction.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: love
3: the I think my mother could have uh, given me a more welcoming greeting. Oh, well, It's great to have you with us. Yeah,
4: mate. welcome. Yeah, thanks welcome, for joining, Danny.
3: Dan. No, pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Delighted to be on.
2: So we're actually recording this on uh, VE Day, aren't we? So sort of course to celebrate as well as to uh, look back and look forward on what's gone on in the previous week. How's everyone doing? Uh, Yeah, good.
3: I had a pretty nice day. I mean, pretty much the same as the last 30 days, but uh, it's been
2: pretty, pretty chilled, pretty chilled. I think we've all sort of had that same answer to the same question as we've gone through the pod recording so far, haven't we?
0: Yeah, we need a new question, don't we? How's it been going? Um, The same. Pretty relaxed
2: good supper why don't we fire away then who's leading us off with the first question
0: uh, I'll kick us off then uh, Danny um, something nice and easy to ease you in You'll go easy on me wouldn't you <laughs> probably not um, why clerking why are you here why are we all blessed with uh, with knowing you as the, uh, uh, the man that you are pr-
3: pretty much fell into it to be honest Darren uh, same as I think most clerks kind of like the unknown profession my aunt used to work in the clerk of the rules in the listing office I just flunked out of school with You know, just just me GCSEs. Didn't want a sixth form and uh, college and uni never really appealed to me. And it was actually uh, Steve McCrone, uh, the senior clerk at Court. He was the fixing clerk back then. And he was over fixing a case. And my aunt said, if you know of any jobs going, my nephew's looking for a job. And Steve mentioned that they were looking for a junior clerk at the time. So I went for the interview. Literally went for the interview on the Thursday. Started the job on the Monday.
4: That's Steve's
2: fault. It's all Steve's, <laughs> Steve's fault. right, okay. I have words. <laughs> I think we could probably say that about a lot of things, can not we, at times? <laughs> Blame Steve McGroan. Steve's not here to defend himself. Good what do you
0: remember Steve. about that interview, then? Was Steve in the interview? No,
3: it was... Uh, the senior clerk was a uh, fellow called uh, Richard Beams. Uh, he's, he still looks about. You see him in the pub every now and again. Uh, so, just went into chambers. It was a completely uh, unknown world to me. It was literally, when I went for a job as a barristers clerk, I thought, well, I'll and I could make a pretty good barrister you know not knowing that it was just like literally clapping um,
1: so... <laughs> He had your wig and gown and everything ready to go down. <laughs> yeah.
2: he'd spend the whole weekend watching episodes of Rumpol of the Bailey just uh, yeah. uh, get prepped I
3: yeah. thought no, I could do this you know i look pretty good in a wig you know I, I could do this uh, so, yeah, it was just, just a completely unknown profession to me and uh, fell into it and, and really, it's been some great times, been some bad times, but overall
2: it's been really lucky. Do you think that's still the case in terms of Clarking being an unknown profession? Because I don't um, think I ever, like being at school and stuff, there's never anything that, a job that was ever mentioned as a possibility. Yeah, I agree with that. Good question. Mm. Yeah, uh,
3: I mean, to be honest with you, I've got uh, two of my staff now that are exactly the same. They fell into it. One of them is i think the granddaughter of uh one of uh, my mum's friends she just said look you know could you help put a word in for uh my friend's granddaughter and i said look we're looking for a temp at the moment and that was megan she came in and temped with us and did really well so we uh we went through the whole process of proper process sort of thing but she she was the best candidate by a mile uh so yeah i, I think it is still the same i think it's people you need it's not you need to know someone in the profession to get into it, but it's kind of if you don't know someone in the profession, you don't even know it
2: exists. Yeah, I suppose in terms of the number of clerks that are in central London at any one time, probably isn't the kind of thing that you're going to put on your, you know, leavers form uh, as, a, as a sort of want to, a job you want to do, which is strange because it's actually a proper career, you mm. know, as in people do very, very well out of it. Um, obviously, present company included. So, yeah. yeah, I just find it strange that find it strange that it's something that never gets mentioned, um, and yet it's actually such a great job.
0: I think it's because there are so few, isn't it, Danny? Yeah, one of the things we're doing at the
3: moment we're trying to raise awareness of the profession, and uh, we had a school came come in a couple of weeks ago. Where Rowan, our COO, has been putting it all together, so we're having. And the thing is, to be honest with you, there is a real certainly in family clerking, which is strange because. In family law, it's, it's mainly uh, female orientated. If you like, I mean, most of my barristers are female, most of our instructors are female. Uh, and from the uh, parking perspective, there's hardly any female clerks. We're really lucky to have two in our team. Uh, apart from the two I've got in my team, there's only one other female clerk in, in the whole of chambers, and it's not The only reason for that is that there just aren't many female clerks out there.
4: That's the case across the board, isn't it? Because in family sets, you look at the top 10, 20 family chambers, uh, there's a lot, you know, it's very male-dominated, the clerking area. Um, But I think it's definitely something that, uh, you know, the four of us would say, it's not a male-dominated profession. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's it's absolutely surrounded by uh, women in family law. So, yeah, it's sort of the the opposite end, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. it is. uh, So we're trying to raise
3: awareness and, and, uh, as I say, we've had a few schools come in and that's something we're trying to build on effectively because you know playing the, the long
2: game, exactly, the, long game. The, the,
3: the more good candidates there are out there the better it's and the easier it's going to be for us in future in recruiting people
1: well dan if you could go back in time and speak to yourself as a starter clerk what piece of advice would you give to yourself do you
3: think uh stay away from uber
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna come on to uber we'll get to that, that may get feature later
3: say stick with it because there were times in the past as a junior clerk I mean it's not the most glamorous job when you're a junior clerk and when you're a youngster uh, you you look I was looking for ways out and a couple of friends of mine who were clerks I mean I I started on I think it was about 125 quid a week take home and a few of my friends dropped out of clerking early because there was jobs on building sites going for 200 pounds a week well,
2: there was a lot of building post-Second World War, wasn't there? So um, yeah, exactly. We are talking a long, <laughs> long, long time ago, <laughs> yeah. Uh, exactly. I'll, I'll take the Second World War.
3: Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, a lot of them uh, ducked out early. But I was lucky. My, my father was brilliant. You know, it was like having an older me giving a younger me advice. Uh, when I did try and drop out, my dad just wouldn't let me. He said that, you know, you've got a career. You've got real good prospects there. You know, you work on a building site. All right, it might be a bit more money now, but when you're 50 years old and you're standing on a freezing cold building site in the winter, you know, where you could be in a nice warm office and and doing really well. So I kind of had an older me giving me advice, if that makes sense. So I'd probably just give the same advice my dad did did to me if I could go back.
4: You couldn't have used those soft hands on a building site. (laughs) Those so, soft, pretty hands—they—they they were designed for an office. Those <laughs> things. It, it wouldn't. Have, it wouldn't have, I wouldn't <laughs> last for two minutes.
2: <laughs> yeah, the calluses are pushing trolleys up Chancery 3 Lane are long gone now, Danny, aren't they?
3: Oh God, yeah, no, absolutely. But it, again, we had some great times. You know, we used to. Uh, one of the old tricks of the junior clerks was uh, obviously court finishes roughly around four thirty every day. Uh, we all used to go and meet up over at the high court about four o'clock and just sit around chatting, waiting for the case to finish. So you know, you made a lot of lot of good friends. Some of them I've I've stayed friends with to this day. And uh, you look back, and we were all the tea makers and trolley pushers at the time. And now we're all sort of first juniors and senior clerks. So it's it's good to look back, and you kind of grew up with these people.
1: What would you say so, is your proudest moment of your career?
3: Uh, winning the uh, family clerking team, uh, the, the the family laurels. That was that was really special. I had a uh... good night. That
2: no. yeah, it was a good night.
3: Well, I can remember it, yeah. was <laughs> yeah, great fun. Uh, but, yeah, I've, I've had some trouble past, a couple of, I mean, I've worked in five, five different sets of chambers now. Some i loved, some i loved less. Uh, and there was a couple of times in my career where people said to me, this probably isn't for you. You know, I've, I was overlooked for promotion a couple of times in other sets. So it was nice to kind of look back and think, well, you know, I always knew I could do it. And, you know, I'm uh, really proud I stuck with it. And that was kind of
4: like the, Cherry on the cake, really. Yeah, it was well deserved that year as well. I should add. Cheers, Dan. Thanks a lot. Yeah, it definitely was <laughs> a, a good, strong, good, strong year for Chambers. All around that, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was good. And like you say, it was a great night as well. So, I'm not, sure, not sure what karaoke bar we ended up in that night, but it would have been one of the many. <laughs> <laughs> one of
4: one of many. <laughs> Before we move on, I'm
2: going to introduce my weekly segment, which is, what are we drinking? What's on the menu this week? Remember, I set myself a challenge to drink something different every time we did a pod.
4: What have you gone for? I'm I'm intrigued. I haven't seen anyone's yet.
2: I've got, this week, I've got Sierra Nevada Hazy Little Thing IPA. Session IPA, Sierra Nevada. It's pretty good, actually. Quite impressed. That's masculine. Yeah, I know. It does, it does
4: it. <laughs> uh, Pretty can. <laughs> it t- is, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. It's a lovely, pretty, colourful can.
2: I bet you're drinking Budweiser again, aren't you, Charmers?
4: No, I've gone for a change. Do you know, mainly because that was going to come up, but I've gone for the old classic, the, uh, the is black that stuff. You went over, for the Guinness? Is that can? No, it's it, so, yeah. It's probably one of the ones I was taking the mick out of Darren out the other day.
0: Yeah, no, it's funny how these
4: Guinness draft can, but I've got it in a Guinness glass. With uh, with my name on it, you can't see it because it's black. When I went to the Guinness factory, got myself a little Guinness glass. If you've tried mm-hmm. the Guinness
0: game, there, Dan,
3: you're a long way off.
4: Yeah, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Well, you don't it's, get a full pint in these cans. Do you? It's
0: also hard to play that game when you've got audio only. Yeah, Dan, explain explain <laughs> what the
4: explain <laughs> what
1: the game is, Dan.
4: The Guinness challenge. The, it's kind of when you get a full pint of Guinness. It's trying to drink down between getting it. Above the word Guinness and below the heart. And actually, different glasses make it harder and easier. This one's pretty tough, I think. But uh, you've got to do it in your first go. And uh, I became somewhat of a pro at it in the last sort of, four to six months. But um, yeah, I haven't done it in a while, I'll be honest. I need to get back into practice.
2: Yeah. I'm sure you all also got the regular Friday afternoon messages from Dan with pictorial evidence of him succeeding doing the
4: Guinness Challenge. Yeah. You've just he, he all did. got to be kept in the know. <laughs> Ironically,
0: well, incidentally, none of us are there to verify these attempts, but uh, we, we trust Dan on That don't we?
4: All about yeah. trust. <laughs>
0: I've seen it. I've seen it in the flesh. So I, like
4: I have. It, yeah, uh, I think most of you have seen, seen it live. It
0: yeah. He's very good at drinking Guinness.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Darren, what about you? You've only got an interesting beer in front of you. What have you got?
0: Well, um, I've got a golden ale by a the Robinsons Brewery, brewed in Stockport. Cool. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's quite nice actually. It describes itself as as a smooth ale with a golden caramel
2: complexion, um, which which I've definitely found. So um, it's good. good stuff. Mark, are you on the red wine this week?
1: Or? Uh, no, there's no red wine this week. I decided to pace myself because I've got a family quiz on after this pod. So I'm on a gin and tonic moment, mixed to my normal proportions, as you know,
2: Plastic ten to one. <laughs> Ten, to one. Ten gin, of tonic
0: It's a very smart glass for you, that Mark. Yes, yeah, it's because it's mostly gin. <laughs>
2: <laughs> safe, Playing safe. <laughs> Danny, you're feeling a bit delicate this morning, aren't you? But what are you, uh, well,
3: this I, afternoon,
0: this morning. Oh, yeah. yeah,
3: well, all, all day I've got, I've got the all day hangover. I'm, uh, I'm trying to force down an old faithful, a uh, couple of pints of Amstel. Uh, so fingers crossed that gets me through. But yeah, a li- little bit delicate. I think that's fair to say.
1: So for those listening, there was a uh, Chambers pub quiz, which was compared by Danny with some of our clients yesterday. And um, fair to say it was fairly a boozy evening.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, and the thing is, I didn't start early either. I mean, I start, what time did it start? About half five, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, but I had a couple afterwards and, and I didn't realise drank drunk that much until because uh, I felt fine. And then the next thing I know, I woke up on the couch at like four o'clock this morning. And uh, then Tracy come down and said, do you know how much you drank last night? I said, no, I didn't think I was too bad. And then she filled me in. I was like, oh, now I know why I feel so rough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you're not alone there, Danny. Um, yeah. I, 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 once or twice I've been accidentally drunk, um, having had something like this, a, a Zoom meeting with, uh, or with, with friends, family, colleagues, what have you. And um, somehow you log off and stumble to your bedroom. It was quite convenient, actually.
4: Yeah. that's the best thing though isn't it about you know yeah. having this, sort of these nights in is that you are a few feet from your bedroom you know it's it's great no uh... I mean,
1: that, that's happened to me after the recording of the past three podcasts really <laughs> <laughs> definitely the last one Crash. definitely yeah. the, the last one was... <laughs> <Wow>. significant portion <laughs> of the last one needed to be re-recorded <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't say that we're live. yeah
1: yeah
2: yeah yeah i'll cut that bit I'll cut, we'll that cut that bit. bit that bit's out, out.
3: Good stuff. There are not we, where uh, you wake up the next morning and think, "How did I get home?" And then somebody tells you. I mean, it would be really worrying, wouldn't it, if you woke up somewhere else other than your home after a. Well, a that day takes day us or, to yeah.
1: a, a critical question for you, Dan. Um,
2: talk to us about Uber.
3: Oh, blimey! Uh, <laughs> oh, we,
2: yeah, not, we could yeah. not. We could not raise this, We could not bring this up. <laughs> we
4: should preface this by saying this is one of the greatest stories of all time to come out of recent, yeah. it's, it's it's so good uh, i mean it must have I, mean, I still reckon it's one of the best bits of marketing you've ever done
3: it, it, it's, it's certainly up there i mean that obviously will tyler is now our head of chambers was there and he said uh, straight after it that you could and this is literally the, the day after he said you couldn't have done better marketing if you'd have just gone back to your room booked an uber to drive to luton and back and bill you for it yeah. So, yeah. Unfortunately, I couldn't get it back <laughs> off charges though. So there you go.
4: <laughs> I think we'll we'll leave it up to you, Danny, to explain exactly what happened. Uh,
3: well, i I'll, I'll hope you guys can fill in some blanks because there's quite a lot of blanks in the story. To be fair, yeah. You know, Rescon, Res, Res obviously very excited. Uh, you know, going away for the weekend with a few, with a lot of friends, effectively, and uh, started off early with with a couple of you guys in. Uh, get the name of the pub by Houston. a few beers, go and get a bit, bit of pub lunch, go get the train, a few train beers, get off the train, back to the hotel, dump bags off in the bar. And then I think it was about three or four bars later, we're in a karaoke bar. And that is pretty much where it ends for me. And the next thing I know was waking up in the back of BMW, I think it was. Uh, never forget the bloody name of the Uber driver. Asking. him <laughs> Uh, where I was. Uh, I remember waking up and looking round and thinking, where am I? What am I? And then I looked out the window and it was on the motorway and I thought, oh, I swear there weren't a motorway between the hotel and <laughs> uh, And I just said to him, I, I, It was I a
1: 15 it's... second walk away, Dan. <laughs> I know.
0: So... <laughs> I know the town and it was across the road. It was the same street. Yeah.
4: <laughs> the there was barely a road.
0: It was Peter Street, was it not? Town. And it was about three doors down um oh, I don't, i've obviously you know to put this in context
1: <laughs> so you're on the motorway
3: uh, massively disorientated and I've, I've done my usual trick what i tend to do in london as you guys and a lot of uh people who, who i go out with know i'll get to a point in the evening don't remember doing it just i'll think i've had enough i'll go out book an uber and disappear uh, and then the next thing I know, I wake up the next morning with a few texts from people saying, Oh, did you get home okay? Everything all right? Uh, so it's what, what we know known as the backdoor boogie. Uh, <laughs> and I've, I've, I've obviously tried to do it in Manchester and backdoor boogie more than I can do. <laughs> so,
2: so you ended up accidentally booking an Uber home, right? Basically,
3: you- yes. Yeah, so when when uh, I woke up and I said to the Uber driver, I didn't know his name then, but I, I said, Excuse me. I said, uh, where are you taking me and he said i'm taking you home and i said oh right what well, back to the hotel he said no home i said i don't understand he said home i said what kent he went yeah <laughs> i looked at me watching it's half four in the morning and i said to him, whereabouts are we he said we're just outside of luton and I, oh god Oof. uh but the, the he wanted to boot me out of the car. He, he, not that I was talking to any trouble. Anymore. I've been asleep for the last three hours.
0: I can imagine there was a few obscenities said when you rediscovered that despite, rather than going down Peter Street in your, to your hotel in Manchester <laughs> from the bar you was in down the road, you found yourself in Luton. I don't imagine there was... Uh... What was the exchange? There was one or two... I, I, at first, it was
3: just panic because the first thing I thought of was my wife is going to kill me. how much is this gonna cost Uh, so i was more petrified than anything to start with i just said to him you've got to pull over you've got to pull over this this is a mistake so he pulled over i I assume the the m1 and I, i said to him you've got to take me back to manchester and he said i can't and i said well you must live in manchester surely and you know i said to him i'll i'll pay you 50 quid to take me back you know uh You've got to go back anyway, you might as well earn some money. Said, no, I can't do that. I mean, to be fair, he was honest as the day's long guy. He said, I can't do that because I'm a cab, I'd have to drive you, have to be through Uber. So uh, he said, You're gonna to have to get out the car. And I said, And that was when I said, Look, I promise you, I'm not getting out your car. You know, I'm, I'm somewhere on the M1 in Luton, it's half past four in the bloody morning. There is no way I'm going to be picked up from here, unless it's the, unless it's the police. So <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, we managed to uh, I had to book him back, and he said it's going to cost you blah blah blah. I said yeah, look, I've just got to get back to Manchester, and I think I got back there at about I think it's about half past eight in the morning, nine o'clock. So I didn't, I didn't. What,
0: what time? Was, what time was you picked up from the club in Manchester?
3: I think it was half one I was in the car for seven and a half hours
4: yeah it was it was 147 you got picked <laughs> up I've got this to memory uh, but I have looked it up and here it was half past eight in the morning you got back six hours 42 minutes 332 miles Abdul must have been knackered dance music on full
2: blast stopping at the petrol station for Five, five coffees in
3: one go He's trying to keep myself going <laughs> to Manchester I, I did say to him on the way back I said look I don't mean to be rude but I am going to go to sleep on the way back and I'm just trying to get as much sleep as I could but the, the big worry was coming back into Manchester I'm in exactly the same clothes as people last saw me in so I'm thinking if I walk into the conference now they're going to think what on earth have I been up to <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: thought,
1: I thought I'll grab a coffee oh well, that's the point were you in black tie or something No, 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 it's just uh, smart cash. uh, Just walk a shame, (laughs) esque.
3: Yeah, so uh, so I I thought I'll go and grab a coffee because it was around about the time the conference would be starting. I thought I'll wait for everyone to go in the conference. Then I'll sneak up to my room and and grab a few hours sleep and come down for the lunch. So I went in the coffee shop to grab a coffee. I thought no one's going to be in there. Walked in there, 10 family solicitors. Hello, Dan. Uh, Good night last night. So I'm just literally collar up low profile and then when I went Absolutely. to the conference, bumped into about another seven or eight people. Uh, 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 it was just awful. I, I finally got to my room and just crashed out. But then the the uh, fear kicked in because I saw my phone ring up and it was Tracy. Well, for those who don't know, it's my wife. And I don't know what it is about Tracy. She must have a sixth sense. So I picked the phone <laughs> up and I said, oh, look, how you doing? And without that was literally all I said. She said, you've done something wrong, haven't you?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I said what makes you think that
3: and uh, so anyway so I've managed to talk, talk around and uh, it wasn't until the, uh, the morning we travelled back on the Saturday that I told her I said look I've got to come clean and I told her in her exact words were, I bloody knew you was going to do something stupid so at least I didn't, I, I didn't disappoint her you know,
4: <laughs> 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 lives up was. to expectations Yeah, that All is a great hard. story what, I remember getting a of...
2: text message at like nine o'clock in the morning from yeah, Danny like, call me now.
4: <laughs> telling yeah. me the story. I was like, oh, mate, pain. Yeah. <laughs> that <going> that <laughs> text message received in the morning. And I, I'm thinking exactly like Tracy would have been oh, What's he done? Where's he ended up? Because I think I left just before you that night. Um, and and I made because I'm in a different hotel, but it was about what? 20 seconds as opposed but, to 15 seconds that your journey
0: yeah, was. You, you made it
4: though, right? Oh, yeah, no, I made it. Um, and I'm getting texts <laughs> from Danny in the morning and I was like, oh, what's he done? You know, where is he? I'm thinking, oh, he's fallen over and he's in a hospital or he's you know, he's done something silly. Um, I, I was crying with laughter when you told like, me that. I could, like, I, I could. literally was crying. Then I could, or even though we were in different
3: hotels, <laughs> when, I, when I was at you, actually <laughs> I could almost hear you laughing. <laughs> just in my head, I could almost hear you laughing.
4: <laughs> it's just the best thing ever. And I think we all, we went to the, because yeah, you're right. The morning at resolution conferences is a big conference, isn't it? In the morning where everyone goes. Friday morning, um, so you're trying to avoid people there. But when we got to the lunchtime, I think we all went over the road for uh, lunch. Yeah, more people knew. And it was, you know, that was that was sort of the time the news was reaching <laughs> London. Uh, you were getting calls from your clerks in London. What have you done?
3: So good. I think, I think the news travelled quicker than bloody coronavirus, didn't it?
4: Quite possibly, yeah. Yeah,
2: sounds like it travelled quicker than uh, Abdul's BMW,
4: that's
0: for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, your, what was your passing words to Abdul, then, when you got out the taxi? Um, we won't say how much it cost unless you want to dabble as No, no, you,
3: you can say how I much mean, at, at that point, I didn't know. I, I just, I, I, I don't remember. I was just terrified at getting that email through saying, you know, your Uber has cost this much. And uh, for those who haven't seen the, uh, the the picture, I think it was Dan, I think it was you who spotted it when they sent you through the map of where you've been. It just says Great Britain. Yeah, you know, it just says Great Britain. It was so the journey was so vast.
0: They had to zoom you know, out that much to ca- to cover your journey. Basically, um, uh, the map of your
3: I think, journey. I think you can see Calais on
2: the map. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, it's a good story, Danny, and. You know, fair play for being prepared to put it out there. Um, no. But as I say, everyone, everyone who's probably going to listen to this knows it already. So, yeah, uh, right. you know, famous and infamous. Um, yeah, definitely infamous. <laughs> in a good way. In a good way. Yeah, in a very good way.
4: I'm
2: not far away with the question. I'm going to bring it back to a more serious, sombre note. Not in a depressing way, just in a, you know, law-related way. We've been talking a lot. Danny in the last couple of weeks on the pod about um, the fact that with the court system struggling at the moment, everyone seems to be looking at uh, like arbitration and private FDRs and stuff like that as well. I wonder what you thought your job might look like in three, five years' time with everyone sort of moving away from that traditional, you book your barrister to go to court with you, and barristers sort of diversify now, doing different things. What do you think the role of the clerk will be? Uh, I don't think the
3: The role of the clerks changed an awful lot over the last sort of 20 years in the sense that my first senior clerk, there wasn't actually that much marketing to be done because legal aid was still paying really well. Uh, So there was a lot more work from which, sorry, the pool from which to draw the work from was a lot bigger. So there wasn't that much marketing to do. It was the clerk's job was literally answer the phones, put work in the diary and look after your barristers. That was pretty much the clerk's job. Uh, the senior clerk's job as I say we never had administrators we never had chambers managers uh, I think Wilberforce were one of the first sets of chambers to bring in a, a, like a, a CEO uh, so the senior clerk used to literally do all they used to look after the silks diaries and do all the admins of the bookkeeping we were paid in cash I mean it was obviously all gone through the books and, and the banks uh, but we were paid in cash it, it was just so different I think uh, and now, you know, a lot of solicitors do their own advocacy, certainly for the smaller hearings. So there, there is less work to get. So the marketing has really ramped up. So it's for us, it's trying to stay ahead of the market and coming up with new uh, ways in which to, to to draw the crowds in effectively. Obviously, ADR is something that we, as a chamber, have been banging the drum for a long time, as as have a lot of other sets. Uh, I think what this has done is kind of, I think we were going this way anyway, but I think with remote hearings and remote conferences, seminars, webinars, I think we were going down that route anyway, but this is just push fast forward, push the fast forward button probably about five years. Uh, I think first appointments, uh, unless there's a chance of FDR, I, I think they'll probably be done on paper or carry on remotely. So if you've got, if it is just going to be a first appointment. Rather than standing around in the corridor of the CFC, I think they'll be done on paper or remotely. Uh, I would hope that the courts are going to try and force ADR on clients, and you know you've got to show that you've at least tried ADR, whether it be private FDR mediation or arbitration. Uh, so in terms of the clarking, you know we're always going to need to be there to put the work in. You know when you've when you've got a new case and you want to instruct counsel, you know it's it's going to have to be a clerk that you speak to agreeing fees and things like that but rather than clerking changing i i I think the way we all operate is is going to change out of this as i say i think we've just pushed fast forward for the next five years I i think
1: danny with those challenges in mind what advice would you give to junior um i would say junior barristers but actually i mean junior practitioners across the board um
3: uh, you've certainly got a want to do the job. You know, I, I think it is challenging. There are still barristers and clerks and solicitors out there who just basically play at this, and you know they're happy to earn their money every every month and uh, do okay for their clients. They don't really see it. It's obviously a career, but you know they're, they're not as serious as some are, some are at the job. Uh, I, I think you've you've got to want to do it. You know, it's, it, it does become a huge part of your life. I, there's weeks where I just don't get to see my family because I'm just constantly working and I know it's the same for barristers and solicitors. I, I, I think if you, if you are gonna do it, you've got to take it seriously. And uh, it's like, you know, you talk about school, aren't you? You know, you only get out of it what you put in. And I think now more than ever, that's
2: gonna be the case. Wise words there from Mr Chapman. There you go, pearls pearls of wisdom. But very rare you get them. You normally get stupid stories out of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need to rein you
0: back in. What's going on? <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, that's why you're so good, Danny. Could you give us the best of both worlds, eh, mate? Give us Cheers, Uber both. stories and then your words of <laughs> wisdom from twenty years. <laughs> to why are you laughing, Charmers? It's, it's
4: the Uber story. It's, it's the best thing ever. I, I don't. I obviously, I think people who are listening to this will have heard it. Uh, you know, it, it's become quite a tale in our profession. But it was just so good, so so good. And it's one of those things you think, I'm just so glad it wasn't. Me and I feel bad for saying that because obviously it was, you know, one of my friends and a you know, close person I work with. But you think, oh, ha- I would have hated that if that was me. Oh, Is
2: there... it could have happened to all of us, though. It could have happened to any, oh, any anyone yeah. of Anyone that could have happened to.
4: Because I... how often do you just stumble out and you press, oh, home, you know, just get me any home. Event. I want to be yeah. home now. Yeah, and you know, you're home within the hour, but uh, yeah, <clears throat> so good.
0: Not usually when the bars are across the road from your hotel. you um... <laughs> Oh, Dan, sorry like, sorry, Danny sorry Danny I'll leave it there the, it, to be fair it was, it was probably maybe 100 yards down the road so you
4: know. <laughs> are you going <laughs> to yeah, give him 100
0: what, what's a couple of yards between friends well indeed it,
4: where's, where's the next one well obviously we, we couldn't go this year um, it was Brighton
0: wasn't it yeah it's going to
4: be in Brighton it's next Brighton year. isn't it so that's not okay. a bad cab journey no that would be, hey. be
0: too bad I think that'll only be 300 quid that What's happening then? Is it going to be brighter again next year? Obviously, it was, yeah. uh, it's just postponed yeah. for one year.
2: They've, they it, effectively agreed with the hotel that they'd kind of keep the booking but budget on 12 months. Because um, I think yeah. by that point, obviously, they'd taken money and the hotel had committed to having the event and stuff. Uh, so, yeah, good night out afterwards.
4: Yeah, well, I'm hoping because um, I was chatting to uh, Steve McCrone, actually, who Danny mentioned earlier, and Steve and I were going to try and organise the golf before resolution. It's kind of fallen by the wayside, I think, in recent years. Um, so yeah, we were speaking to people, but again, everything obviously just got cancelled and nothing happened, but, so hopefully we'll be able to get that kicking in for next year as well. So maybe, yeah, get people interested in that and get everyone down the day before. Be good. Cool. Perfect. Love a golf day. Love a golf day. Love a golf day. <laughs> surely we can be playing golf next week. Boris is gonna. Boris is gonna give me that on Sunday night. I can feel it. <laughs>
3: yeah. You reckon. Yeah. Uh, early Christmas present.
4: Yeah, he's gonna say you can go and play with only one friend. Can't, <laughs> can't, can't touch the bunker rakes. Can't touch the flags. But, uh, oh,
0: surely. You could play golf, couldn't you? Because if you close the bar in the club and just have um, yeah. fixed so, amount numbers on the on the course at any one time. That's how, though, that. that's
2: how they'll do, do it. Yeah. No, and it's easier to control as well because you've also got to book the tee anyway. And They normally book a four ball in. All they just do is they make sure they book the right number of people in. Yeah. To play, so they know that they can keep people, you know, distances apart. It's, yeah, it's probably
3: yep. one of the best sports, isn't it? For for lockdown, effectively, isn't it?
4: Yeah. Yeah, it's something you could do on your own as well. So you you could be out for a walk, but you're in the you know in the middle of a big field. So you're, you're nowhere near anywhere. The way I play golf as well, you know, social distancing comes naturally. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very easy to do. But yeah, they'll they'll do bigger gaps between tee times. Two people max, stuff like that. It
0: should do because that's probably going to be the only sport. Just thinking out loud, I can't think of what other sports they can introduce where you can have yeah. that social distancing.
4: No, I mean even stuff you think like tennis but that you can come very close. It's not often, but you can. You, yeah, you could do
0: if you that. If you're both but, at the net, yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah. Um, so I think that they can't really do that. But that's, yeah, that's the big problem with you know football and the, the Premier League and everything. It's so contact
0: sport. There was live football broadcast today for the first time since like, well, whenever it went down. The, in the Korean K League. Um, <laughs> seriously. The BBC, BBC broadcast earlier today. I didn't watch it. I think it was at 11am um, our time today. And it made me think, well, maybe maybe it's not that far away.
2: Are oh, the Bundesliga planning to try and, isn't it in Germany, is the Bundesliga trying to put some games back on? Yeah, yeah. Think the way they're looking for. I think they're kind of forcing their all the players to social distance for two weeks beforehand. And then, effectively, like if they quarantine an entire team together in a hotel, then they can play because they've all been with each other for two weeks. I don't know.
0: And then play it behind, but. Closed yeah,
2: without crowds, yeah. Yeah,
0: <laughs> are there any Liverpool fans on the chat? I mean, I'm still quite hopeful that they can this, and it's got to get. I, I can't year.
4: see with eight <laughs> or nine games to play. I can't see how it's going to get done. I've heard a lot of suggestions about how they could do it and where they could do it, but I just can't see it happening. And it's it's what a glorious. Name.
0: Scenario, the, that would
4: be. the football they have played has been so, so good. But it, it, oh, it's funny, isn't it? It's it does, brilliant. It does happen, brilliant. <laughs> the, funniest,
3: the funniest thing about it is I'm on a, a WhatsApp group with uh, school friends. And half of them are Liverpool supporters. And the funny thing is, when you get the, fu- the funny gifts and uh, WhatsApp messages about Liverpool, they get really funny about it. You know, They, they get really uh, protective of Liverpool. It's just hilarious sending these funny clips through. Like, you know, Liverpool aren't going to win the league now. And time, They've waited
0: a long time, don't they? They've waited a long time.
3: A hell of a long time. I, I think 1989,
0: 1990.
3: I'm, I'm the only one old enough on here to remember when Liverpool did win last win the league, 1990.
4: That's
2: time. We do a, yeah, we do a regular thing at the end of each pod, right? Sort of a name the pod. And uh, as I was the introducer this week, I get the joy of getting to put a name to it. Yeah, we've previously had store phones, haven't we? Everyone chucked names into a hat. I think knowing that uh, Danny was on this week, I had a, I had to think about what might be appropriate. And given the, given the stories that have come out today, I think I'm going to name today's pod Manchester via Violetum. <laughs> that sums up, <laughs> thumbs up our, sums up our chat. Pretty good well,
4: name, good I name. Think. Yeah, very good, very good.
0: Have you got any comments on that, Danny? Anything that's
3: to add? Brilliant. No, I think I think that kind of sums it all up, doesn't it? Yeah. Apart from apart from bloody idiot Clark, I think uh, there's nothing else you could
4: call it. No. <laughs> no. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I guess Danny, thank you very much for being our first guest and and uh, yeah, diving into this with us because Thank you, Danny. Thank
1: yeah, you,
4: Danny. The, uh, <clears throat> started doing this just mainly for our own sanity, but uh, you know we're going to keep it going if people <laughs> like it. We're we're glad we could get a few guests on and obviously. I think it, well, it's true that you're the person that probably connects the four of us yeah. um, if you go back far enough. So it was only sensible that you were going to be the man to be the first guest. So, yeah, thank you very much. Holland, thanks very
2: much, guys. Cheers, boys. Stay safe. See you thank soon. you. Cheers, guys.
1: Bye, guys. We hope you enjoyed the Without Prejudice podcast today. So please do like and subscribe to our show via the podcast provider that you're using. You can also follow and comment on Twitter via via the handle at. <laughs> Come on, guys. I'm going to re record this. <laughs> Danny, they did this last time. I'm trying, not to, trying not to look at the screen. you, You're so you got funny. it in my eye. You got it's it my so funny watching Mark because he's trying Fuck not off. to
4: look at us. He knows, he
2: knows what's going on. This will be
1: an outtake. <laughs> 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 I'm going to have another go at that. So, you can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is WPPod, as well as subscribing to us via your podcast provider. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, whatever takes your fancy. And if you want to get in touch, we would absolutely love to hear from you. So, feel free to drop us a comment or a message via any of the above, or else by email at withoutprejudicepodcastgmail.com. At so, yeah. Get in touch. We would love to hear from you.